look forward to a whole new year, you know, maybe uh, new beginnings, you know, from everything from the hopefully the vaccine brings good news. Hopefully this transition uh, from presidents brings good news. You know, we hope all new things in 2021. So we definitely want to leave you all with that. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're tuned in to the Snob OS show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We want to definitely welcome you all. This is episode 106. This is actually the last show for 2020. So we definitely want to thank you for listening. I'm not sure if you're uh, watching it on Christmas or list or listening to it, but we definitely want to thank you if you are taking the time out from the holiday and all the stuff that comes with it to listen to us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, speaking of appreciation, we definitely want to thank our Patreon supporters. If you want to be a Patreon supporter for as little as five dollars, uh, you get access to our live show. You get access to our pre-show to where we talk about some topics that you won't find on the regular show and you'll get access to our exclusive snobbist group. Uh, so definitely want to say thank you to that. Uh, we definitely want to just get it and move, get in and get out of the way. Cause like I said, we want to get out of the way. We don't want you to be listening too long. Cause I know you got a lot of cleanup to do. If you're like me, I'm the cleanup man for Christmas. So I'm running around picking up all the wrapping paper and the boxes and finding somewhere to put it until the trash man comes. So <laughs> definitely want to get out of your way for that. So we'll definitely get into the uh, first part of the show. This is the lowdown where we talk all things. Apple uh, wasn't a lot going on this week, but there were some interesting things that I wanted to talk about specifically. Uh, Apple reportedly is going to be making a uh, Apple uh, car, whether it be all, of course, it's going to be all electrics. You know, the rumors are it's also going to be autonomous, so self-driving. And they're eyeing a 2024 release for their car. So the details are a little bit unknown. Uh, some of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Nika, is, of course, Apple has to bring something special to the this Apple car. Um, they're talking about some new battery technology for longer range. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, do you think that since all this stuff is reported, all this stuff is alleged, we don't have any official details, but I guess I wanted to ask some of the things that they brought up in this story was, uh, will Apple assemble this car from, you know, of course their own, not necessarily plants for, for say, but are they going to make their own car or are they going to, um, license for lack of a better term, lend their autonomous technology. So all the, 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 the brains behind an autonomous self-driving electric car, are they going to lend that to car manufacturers for them to make, or are they going to actually assemble their own car? And then the second question I have for you is, is Apple going to uh, make the car? Are they going to build plants? Are they going to do everything themselves? Like, you know, how they kind of own the, iPhone, you know, um, assembly, they own the chips, you know, are they going to do everything themselves or are they going to partner with an auto manufacturer and have them make the car 
And then, of course, just Apple has their stamp on this. I guess those are the questions I want to ask you. And then three, you know, is this a good idea to start with? So it's a couple things. So this is supposed to launch in four years, Mm -hmm. technically three, since we're pretty much already into 2021. Um, That would be a big question. But again, Apple doesn't really show their cards too much. So how long have they been working on this? Knowing that Apple Apple is very protective of their proprietary um, software, hardware, their IP, I think this is going to be an in-house operation. Okay. They may um, uh, partner with some manufacturers um, to build them, mm-hmm. but I think it will be all Apple-owned. Likely because most of the big three car manufacturers, specifically in the U.S., um, they all have their own version of the electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see them partnering really with anyone. We know that GM has their own electric vehicles. They have like a Hummer. They have like the Chevy Bolt or Volt, mm-hmm. um, and I think Ford is coming out with uh, if they haven't uh, an electric um, yeah, Mustang. They, right, they've announced it. I don't know if it's on the road yet, but they've certainly announced it. Right. So I don't think it's going to likely be a partnership with another car manufacturer. Okay. If it would be, I would think it would be a U.S. brand mm-hmm. since Apple is a U.S. company. But again, we've already mentioned GM is a U.S. company. They already have their own electric versions of vehicles. Ford has already announced theirs as well. So I I think this is going to be their own um, reach out to... Um, uh, to a, a third party company to do maybe some of the tech behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that GM has done that um, with their autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it, it may possibly be a, a hybrid type of situation where Apple controls as much of it as they can and they outsource the things that they can't get done in time. Okay. But again, Apple has a lot of money. Right. They have a lot of folks over in R&D. And again, we don't know how long they've been working on this. So it could very well be, you know, an all Apple, all everything. Okay. So you don't see. But just knowing how Apple is, I don't see them, you know, venturing too far out to give anybody else too much control. Okay. So you don't see them like CarPlay. You don't see them licensing the technology some other car company build the car and they just license out the technology to, for the autonomous, for the interconnected, you know, to where you can bring your phone in, dock it, do all the things that you would think Apple could do, but then just license that to a company. You think them actually assembling it themselves and then just partnering with somebody to build it. Like, like how to use Pegatron and make it, is it yeah. Pegatron? Yeah, I, that, Foxconn. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I truly, I, I really do because a lot of these car companies have been on this electric car way for a really long time, especially too with all long. the success we'll get of about Tesla. It, we'll get it on it later, but it, a little bit too long, but continue. Yeah, they've been on it for a while, and now the latest thing is autonomous vehicle. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I think Apple probably already had the different pieces for autonomous and they're likely, you know, repurposing some things they already have to go along with their new tech. Um, I don't, I think maybe GM is maybe the only one with the autonomous. So it could be possible for them to sell their autonomous software to other companies. But again, most of these car companies already have something in the, works. in the works. Right. So it really will boil down, I think, to money, meaning does Apple have a superior enough product for them to scrap all of the work that they've already done? Is it? I think it's going to be a balancing act of is the giving up that amount of control or you know, dropping all the work that we've done to come in and take someone else's. And that's only if Apple is willing to do a deal to sell it to them. It's one thing to to license out CarPlay, but it's a whole nother deal to license out, you know, proprietary uh, autonomous vehicle um, type of software. Because again, you are working with car companies. So who's to say you get, you know, Apple's, you know, autonomous software and, you know, down the line, you see how it works and he's like, you know what, we're going to cancel this. <laughs> and you know what, we're going to continue with our own seeing how, you know, it works. But I would assume there may be some kind of legalese in there to, to mitigate that as well. But it is, you know, still at the same time an option. So again, just as all that to say, I think it will be an all in-house Apple um, electric vehicle, autonomous vehicle. Okay. So let me ask you this. Do you think uh, so that's out. So they're they're going to assemble their own thing. They're not going to license the technology uh, to some other company that's itching to get into the electric game. So they're going to assemble it themselves and maybe uh, let's just say they find a manufacturer who will make it for them. Um, do they make it in the United States? Do they go to Mexico? Do they go to Canada? Do they go to China where the, you know, mo- the or India? Where, you know, most of the, you know, uh, iPhone hardware is actually uh, constructed or do you think they play on the made in America trope and then as a as a result, come up with a we already know the Apple car is going to be more expensive than (laughs) most other cars just because it's Apple, you know, Mm -hmm. but you think they're going to have to drive up the price even more if they try to play on the made in America trend or you think they'll go ahead? think they'll do the made in America thing um, because I think one of the things with the current outgoing administration, we don't have to be so. Yep. Did I lose you? Still there? Did I lose you? Uh, I may have lost Nika. All right. So I think we are back on the live uh, broadcast. Uh, I, I guess. Okay. Yeah, All, right. It's up. All right. So basically, we'll just go ahead and continue your thoughts with whether or not Apple needs to make the Apple car in the United States. Um, I think I was saying I think they may do some parts of it here um, since we do have uh, manufacturing uh, car plants here in the U.S., they may actually manufacture them, actually meaning put them together here. Mm-hmm. Um, or they may make some of the parts here. I highly doubt them making the parts. I could see them assembling the cars here. Um, I can see them easily, you know, commandeering. I know um, there have been some plants that shut down, you know, kind of taking over some of those plants that are already set up 
to um, be a vehicle. So uh-huh. I think, you know, I, I definitely think they'll do something here in the States. Um, but I don't think the bulk of it will be in the States. Okay. So you don't think uh, Apple will be like, hey, made in America and build their own plant? Well, I don't know. Four years, three years, like you mentioned, is not a long ways away. Um, so that is a serious time period to build a plant or two in order to get this thing up and running. So it makes sense that they would either a try to retrofit a plant that's already here mm-hmm. in the United States or renovate or remodel one or, you know, go to Mexico or even, you know, go overseas and uh, ship them over, which I'm not sure the costs, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, car companies, you know, make, you know, make them over in, I don't know about China. And that seems like a long way to uh, manufacture and ship a car. But since you, I don't think Apple will have the production amount as a Chevy or GM or uh, Ford or, you know, Chrysler or even like a Honda or a Toyota there won't be that many to where they have to make them. So maybe they could assemble, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 vehicles from launch and maybe have them shipped over here versus making them here because the, the request or the demand, the demand was the word I was looking for. The demand is so high, but who knows? Like, you know, we talked about, of course, this is nowhere near the cost of a whole car, but you know, (laughs) Uh, two weeks ago, Apple announced the AirPods Max. Oh, they're so expensive. Oh, they're so expensive. Now you can't get any until January. So, mm-hmm. you know, ramp that up by, you know, however many exponents, right? And mm-hmm. apply that same demand to an Apple car. Maybe they'll have to build it in the United States simply because the demand would be so high and the time from ordering one to actually getting one would be crazy long to where, you know, they want to get them in people's hands as soon as possible. So maybe like you mentioned, since their money is long anyway, maybe they'll spend, you know, two or three billion dollars. I don't know how much a manufacturing plant costs, but maybe I'm pretty sure it's in the billions. Maybe they'll take a couple billion dollars to build one plant here and just see how it goes. And if it yeah. don't work, you know, what's two billion to Apple? <laughs> you know, say, oh. and who's to say they can't? If if it doesn't work, they can repurpose the plant to do something else. Exactly, exactly. And, but go ahead. And the thing is, I was going to say, um, one of the benefits to doing it stateside. I know a lot of people complain about Tesla, is that um, a friend of a friend has a Tesla, and someone hit their Tesla mm-hmm. and wrecked it, and it took months and months and months for the part to even be made because they don't make them in bulk mm-hmm. because why would you make something like that specific in bulk and just have the inventory sitting there and you may not use it. So it would take months just to get parts made and in the right color and shipped to the States to, to be, you know, to fix a car. So I, I think, like I said, because America is known as, you know, a car manufacturing, a manufacturing type country. Mm-hmm. I could see them, you know, building something here or like 
we mentioned before retrofitting an existing plant because there are plants that have closed down mm-hmm. um, to to assemble the cars here, not necessarily do the parts, but definitely you know get them assembled. And who's to say, who's not to say that you know they may start somewhere else that already has a setup and mm-hmm. then transition it to a stateside uh, manufacturing if the demand is enough and if if it's necessary. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll see. Like we mentioned, uh, the alleged rumors are that it'll be 2024. That may be around the time (laughs) that we'll be in the market. We've got some, I've got a 2011 uh, SUV and I've got a 2014 that are showing their age. Of course, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pandemic has prolonged their life because we don't go anywhere. So we're say we're not racking up the same amount of miles specifically this year as we would any other year. So all that to say, keep my fingers crossed that they'll hold out (laughs) for another three years. You know, maybe I'll be able to be one of those people that puts that deposit down when they finally announce a Apple car. Of course, it'll have to fit my family. You know, uh, some of these things that I purchase are just for me, but when you come, (laughs) come, (laughs) so I can justify purchasing it. I'll, I'll just buy it. Right. But when it comes to, I've been wanting, I've been wanting a Tesla. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've been, I've been, you know, slowly inching forward, but I, I, I want an SUV. I have a coupe, mm-hmm. but the SUV that Tesla has to mm-hmm. me is still small. Yeah. Same here. Same here. You know, even though it has a third row, uh, you can't put a pencil behind the third row because there is no space, no space. <laughs> you know, and I even tried to, you know, not to go off on too much of a tangent. You know, I was even talking to my wife and I was like, well, you know, um, what a good idea would be, uh, would be if we bought a smaller SUV and then whenever we needed to travel, just buy one of those tow hitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then hook the, it's got the little platform where you put the luggage on the back of the car. And she was like, well, my wife was like, well, if we could go to rest stop, somebody steal all our luggage. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, I was trying to get myself in the mode of getting a smaller SUV because most of the electric vehicles, like you mentioned, Tesla, you know, specifically with their model X is it's an SUV. It's got a third row, but it's still tiny, right? It's really small. Our family, you know, our current SUV, we have a um, Chevy Traverse and it has the third row, but it also the space behind the third row. So when mm-hmm. we, when we take a trip, you know, we're not doing it in that now because of the pandemic, but eventually when outside opens back up, you know, we'll start to take trips to visit family and friends. And what's great about it is, you know, we've got three kids we put two in the middle and we put one of them in the back row and then we just fold her seat up. But all the others fold down and puts all the luggage. We don't have to deal with all that with, with all the mm-hmm. electric vehicles coming out now. They're tiny, you know, even they're with, the, you know, there there is no with the exception of the Escalade, which is and mad, the Hummer and the, and the Hummer, which is mad expensive. <laughs> Those <laughs> are the only two. Uh, well, no, the Escalade is, um, it's, is it hybrid? I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, there's a, I think there's a Tahoe that's a hybrid. Okay. So even at a, even as a hybrid, you know, Tesla is pretty much the largest vehicle with the exception of some of these, um, uh, pickups that are coming out. Right. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, 
Um, I'm trying to talk myself down into getting something smaller. Uh, we'll see what Apple comes out with, but if it doesn't fit our family, I'll have to pass. Yeah. But if it's something, you know, that's workable, that's workable. <laughs> we'll try to work it, but <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on to the, uh, next story. Um, Speaking of electric vehicles, speaking of Tesla, um, back in 2017, when things were not looking so hot for Tesla and 2017 just seems like ages ago. Right. But back in 2017, I can remember stock was falling. Uh, Elon Musk was saying some crazy stuff, getting the, the, com- the company in trouble. And back around that time when things were on a down curve, uh, it's reported that Elon Musk reached out to Tim Cook to have a meeting about possibly Apple buying Tesla and Tim Cook wouldn't even take the meeting. Just shot him down from the jump. Fast forward to 2020 Tesla stock is skyrocketing. Everybody in a mama, like you mentioned, wants an electric vehicle. You know, they can't keep up with uh, demand. You know, even in a era when nobody is traveling, nobody is driving it, everything is remote. Tesla stock has split and is still going up after the split. So, you know, uh, Elon Musk kind of, you know, threw some shade at mm-hmm. Apple, <laughs> you know, and, you know, let me see if I can find this tweet. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. He says during the darkest days of the Model 3 program, I reached out to Tim Cook to discuss the possibility of Apple acquiring Tesla. Uh, He refused to take the meeting. And in the parentheses, he put one tenth of our current value. So the shade is if Apple would have bought Tesla for what I was thinking about selling it for. If they would have kept it until now, it would have been they would have profited tenfold. Mm -hmm. But since they didn't. Now we're out here balling. Shame on y'all for not even considering to take the meeting. So I guess I wanted to ask you specifically uh, with uh, Elon kind of throwing out that shade, you know, is this um, a get back? You know, you know, you think of the to to do the analogy, right? You think of the high schooler, you know, maybe kind of overweight, unpopular, the nerd, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, mm-hmm. and now they've grown up to they're the CEO. You at know, the ten year reunion. The, yeah, 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 right, right, right. At the ten year reunion, they all cut or all toned up and got all the curves in the right places. You know, they got the beautiful trophy wife or the trophy husband, or they got the partner and their co CEO, whatever the case may be. You 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 make the movie that you want to make. Now they're back and they're like, you know, now they've been elected, you know, reunion prom king or prom queen. And they get up on the stage and say to all the people who so on and so on and so forth. Is that get me now. right, right, right. Is that <laughs> what we're, what, you know, the fairy tale ending to like a Tesla or is this some insecurity? Right. Because if Elon Musk believed in the comp- company, as much as he does now when things are up, you know, why even consider by selling the company when things are when when things were low? You would think if he believed in it as much as he did, he would have never even considered trying to sell the company, even if things were low, just so he can say, I told y'all so when things get high. So I guess I want to get your take. Is this well-deserved get back or is this do you really believe in the company at all in the first place? 
First of all, Elon Musk is an a-hole. Okay. So <laughs> That's one. That out there. Uh, <laughs> from my perspective, he has a great product in the, in the, in the Tesla vehicle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, you know, deprive him of that because it is a fantastic car. Um, I think it is a lot of the, the scenario that you mentioned, the scrub has now become the butterfly. You know, the, the, yeah. The mm-hmm. superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and him mentioning in that is just, again, he's to me along the same lines as Donald Trump, you know, of, you know, look at me, I'm all this and I'm all that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's just a way for him to, he's, Elon Musk has not gotten the best, um, uh, PR lately mm-hmm. from the name of his kid mm-hmm. to some of the stuff he said related to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just his way to, you know, step back into the spotlight a little bit, especially with the announcement coming out that Apple is doing their own car. Right. I think it's just a little, I think it's just a flex for him, but is it really a flex? Because Apple has lots and lots and lots of money. And they have and and brand loyalty, right? I mean, yeah. everybody there are people who love their Teslas, but like you mentioned, really don't like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, not only are there devout Apple fans, but people love Tim Cook, mm-hmm. and they love the fact, like you mentioned, that they're getting into the uh, autonomous electric vehicle game, and they have all the money. So maybe this is a way. Again, this goes back to the insecurity. Elon Musk maybe doesn't feel so sure in in what Tim Cook is about to deliver in three years. Right, right. This is a way for him to kind of get, you know, puff out his chest a little bit saying, I'm I'm not new to this. I'm true to this type of thing. Right. And it's, you know, he has some competition because prior to this announce, and this is just an announcement Mm -hmm. of a possibility. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. And for him to come out guns blazing off of a rumor, I think that really shows, Mm -hmm. you know, that he is a little shook. Right. Because you've had, you've had GM, you've had Ford, you've had Volvo, Audi. I think Toyota maybe has Mm -hmm. um, a vehicle um, one of their brands that's electric Volkswagen. So, yeah. yeah. So all of these well-established car companies, that's what their job is. Their job is to make cars. Right. So he hasn't been this snippy with people whose actual product is making cars. Right. But you have a whiff of a rumor of a possibility that a smartphone maker is coming out with a car. Mm-hmm. Now you all in your feelings and right. on Twitter just blasting off. So to me, it shows there may be some chink in the armor that he mm-hmm. might be a little bit shook that uh, Tim Cook is, is coming for some of his market share. Right. And personally, I'm kind of glad that Tim Cook didn't take the meeting or even consider buying Tesla for the reasons that you just mentioned. You got all these car companies, you know, and like I mentioned earlier, they're just now they've been making cars for hundreds of years, right? But they're just now finally starting to get serious about electric slash autonomous vehicles when the technology has always been there. Technology has been electric car technology has been around for at least 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and now, like you mentioned, you know, well, like we've mentioned before, um, now these major car companies who've always been making cars are finally starting to push out electric vehicles. You know, you've got Porsche pushing cars out, Volkswagen pushing cars out. We talked about, you know, GM, Ford, Honda, Toyota all got hybrids or electric vehicles in the pipes or coming out, you know, mm-hmm. and that's because of Tesla. Tesla put their car out there and they're like, oh, we got to do something. So now it's starting to catch up. So it's only mm-hmm. right for then an Apple to come back and put pressure on the heavy hitter that forced everybody else to step up their game. So all that to say, top competition is going to be good for the consumer. So I'm glad Apple, if it's true, does come out with a electric vehicle because, you know, it's going to be of the Apple ilk and any of their products are as an example, you know, it's going to be a serious competitor day one. And you know, there are going to be people who are going to put down and purchase it sight unseen day one. So that, if anything, forces Tesla to step up their game. It forces all the other car manufacturers, like I mentioned, who have been making cars for hundreds of years. You know, finally, finally, we're going to get, if this is true, Mm-hmm. We're going to get a decent selection of electric vehicles to choose from when right now, maybe a handful at most. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm just glad that, you know, it's Apple- going to be some real competition right. in the electric car autonomous vehicle market, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, like I said, I'm glad that, you know, like you mentioned, uh, <laughs> Elon is shook because he, he sniffs. <laughs> You know, the apples, they coming, you know, so he got, like you said, you got to get out ahead of it. So that was interesting. All right. All right. So, yeah, that's it for uh, the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. Let's move into second string where we talk all things tech. And we've kind of talked about this story uh, last week, if not a week before, to where Facebook has put out this um, new attack against Apple because Facebook claims that Apple is stopping Facebook small business owners from being able to do business because Apple's privacy concerns or whatever the case may be. So, you know, Apple Facebook has even went farther. We mentioned last week they put out a full page ad talking about how this is going to hurt small businesses that uh, advertise on Facebook. You know, I've actually got a screenshot, you know, because I have a Facebook business page. You know, I don't run ads like that on Facebook. But of course, anybody that has a Facebook business page got this, you know, very uh, visible header at the top of their, you know, app. Anytime they open the Facebook business app that it says Apple is, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we just want to let you know that your business may be impacted, so on and so forth. Right. So they're taking this step. This this data privacy thing that Apple has rolled out um, seriously. But I guess the question is, does even Facebook believe that they are really looking out for small businesses? Reason why I say that is because there have been some Facebook employees who have, um, you know, anonymous me, of course, uh, they question uh, Facebook's anti Apple uh, campaign. So I'm going to see if I can read. Uh, some of these quotes from alleged Facebook employees. One says, quote, 
aren't we worried that our stance protecting small and medium sized businesses will backfire as people see it as, quote, Facebook protecting their own business instead? Um, Another person says people want privacy. Uh, Facebook objecting here will be viewed as cynicism. Uh, Do we know this would be bad PR and decide to publish anyway? You know, so all that to say, even people within Facebook are kind of side eyeing uh, Facebook's decision to go after Apple for privacy concerns. When we all know that Apple in over the past two or three years has really put data privacy and user security at the forefront. So for Facebook to go after Apple for this because it's affecting small businesses ability to make money kind of looks at looks like, okay, well, you're just self-serving. So I guess I wanted to get your opinion on what do you think about some of these Facebook employees who work for Facebook and probably make a pretty decent penny working for Facebook who are willing to anonymously, of course, but come out and kind of speak out or question, not necessarily speak out, but question Facebook's motives when it comes to Apple's data privacy and how it affects their business. So I think what we have to to realize is that while these people are Facebook employees, they are also regular people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Good point. I, and they are on social media. I'm sure some of them have small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think most of them are drinking the Kool Aid that much that they can't see obviously what this is. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other people see this as well. Even so much that in this article uh, in Colton Max, the VP of product marketing, Graham Mudd, says, quote, we're not trying to sweep that under the rug in relation to the privacy changes. He says, quote, we are, you know, a profitable big company and we're going to get through this and adapt our products and so forth. But the real folks that are going to get hit by this are small businesses. And that's why we made them the focus of this message. So it sounds like. He's now trying to backtrack it a little bit and Mm -hmm. say, this is still the focus of small business, but we know, we know that we make a lot of money too, but we put them up front because they're going to be the hardest hit and it, it doesn't land because people can see what it is. And I'm sure a lot of Facebook employees have iPhones, right? So it's, you know, all of these folks, a lot of these folks are in the tech industry and they know what the real deal is. So, you know, everybody, I think a lot of people, I won't say everybody because that's very broad, but I think a lot of people can see what this is. And I think Facebook overestimated the response that they thought that they were going to get. I think they thought that they would probably get a lot of small businesses to immediately come and side with them. Uh But you cannot compare a company that maybe has, you know, even 10 to $50,000 in revenue to a company that makes billions and billions of dollars a year. It's not the same. And these small business owners, they aren't stupid. And they, they see the dichotomy between the two. And I don't think they, no one fell for this. Right. And not only are they, you know, small businesses are not, not stupid, but I'm pretty sure they um, hopefully they have learned even with something like this, not to put all your eggs in one basket. What I think Facebook thinks is these small business owners are spending 
thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousand dollars on Facebook ad spend only in Facebook. When I'm pretty sure a lot of small business owners are also putting their money still in Google. You know, they're still putting their direct money, marketing. direct marketing, email newsletters, you know, text marketing seems to be the popular thing, you know, and they're also spending money in Facebook. So if they wasn't already, you know, spreading out and, you know, diversifying their advertising and marketing, you better believe they're doing it now because Apple is a big player. And when Apple says we are not going to let Facebook take all of this user information and then use it for whatever. I'm pretty sure small business owners was like, well, let me do something else or let me figure it out. They're not going to say, oh, I'm closing shop. They're like, all right, let me diversify some more. So let me look into this uh, new. Let me beef up my newsletter marketing. Let me look into this text marketing. Let me look into Google. Let me go back to Google and maybe do some Google ad spend. Let me look at YouTube. You know, let me look at all the Hulu and, you know, all these streaming services. I'm pretty sure we'll take your Facebook ad money and, and put it to good use. You know, so, you know, don't I don't believe that uh, small businesses are going to be as hurt as Facebook wants us to believe. <laughs> and also, I think that a lot of small businesses will say if Apple, this huge tech juggernaut, is taking this type of approach, then it must be something to it. Right. If they, if one, they've decided to put these changes and this feature into the new iOS, and two, if Facebook is fighting it so hard, there must be something to it. So let me get my ducks in a row and make sure that I'm covered either way. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I think most people know what time it is. (laughs) Facebook is going (laughs) after their best interests and are trying to do it under the guise of looking out for the little man. But um, I think the little man is like, no, we we respect Apple for doing that. And as a result, we're going to adjust and we'll be all right. So don't, don't speak for me, playboy. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) Again, mind the business that pays you. Exactly. (laughs) All right. All right. So, uh, second thing I've got is speaking of Apple, um, a six year old, uh, apparently racked up $16,000 in in app purchases. Um, of course, you know, according to the story that I'm reading here, uh, let me get to it. Um, of course, her six year old, um, had an, uh, a, a device and shared an account, uh, which is red flag. Number one (laughs) shared an account and also shared passwords with her young, uh, six year old, um, of course, uh, unbeknownst, well, she was not aware of a, a feature, according to her. We're not sure if this is the feature that allowed him to do it, but uh, she says uh, she wasn't no she wasn't aware of a feature that allowed a multiple purchases after the password was entered one time. So according to her, she let her son use this device. He had this game. She let him purchase something one time or he unknowingly agreed to purchase whatever this in-app purchase is for Sonic, Sonic rings or Sonic something, gold rings, some something, whatever it is. Um, But he kept purchasing it. And according to her, she just knew or just assumed that he would have to enter the password every single time, but didn't notice the charges until she looked up on her um, 
card and noticed a charge of $106 on her bank statement 12 consecutive times, uh, as well as additional charges of $53 and several more in the $200 to $600 range. Finally, she saw that something was going on, racked up over $16,000, called the bank. The bank told her, that's on you. (laughs) Deal with that. Um, the bank suggested she reach out to Apple, um, according to her, I, and this is the actual quote. So let me not, uh, assume what she thought. I didn't realize there was a setting where the child could continue to buy without the password. After a certain amount of time, Johnson said to good morning, America, uh, there are various settings that I am now learning about. Uh, of course, fast forward, Apple agreed and refunded Johnson a portion of a month of the money totaling a little over $10,000 reported the magazine. So she was able to plead her case. Apple felt bad or whatever the case may be, refunded her a portion, knocking the 16,000 down to only 6,000. So she's still on the hook for $6,000. I guess to her, <clears throat> that was a, uh, I guess she'll take that. According to Apple, here's their quote. We understand mistakes can still happen and work with customers to investigate, educate them on the tools available for their protection. And in this case, provided the customer with a refund. Um, Johnson explained she was unaware of certain settings. If she did know, clearly there would have been a different outcome, according to her. And this is her final quote. Obviously, if I had known there was a setting for that. I wouldn't have allowed my six year old to run up nearly twenty thousand dollars in charges for virtual gold rings. Johnson reported the uh, to the New York Post. So I guess I wanted to ask you, um, of course, you don't have kids. I do have kids. And, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, my kids are going to get nowhere near to even have the possibility to rack up two hundred dollars in credit card charges simply because not that. Remove the fact that I'm a techie, you know, remove the fact that I write about and talk about technology and security for a living. Um, I'm an Apple fan. So, of course, I'm going to know about all the features. Remove all of that. Even if I was a regular person, I know that there are apps out there whose sole purpose is to get you to keep buying things. I know a young kid and like a six year old is going to click things and not know what they're clicking. So put two and two together. Let me make sure that they can't go and run up my credit card or bank statement or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I find it, I find it, I, I find it hard to believe that she didn't know or didn't care to know about these settings that could possibly run up her credit card. So I guess I'm going to get your opinion. Are you sympathetic you know, or what do you, what do you, how do you feel on it? So setting the settings issue aside, how do you not know that your credit card goes up by $16,000 Two, there is no way that a child can rack up $16,000 in charges in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So how long had this been going on? Right, right. I think it's probably been going on for a while and she just had to recently because I don't know, I'm super 
attentive when it comes to my money. So I check it. I have, you know, credit alerts set up and different things like that. So I would know if my credit card bill jumped $16,000. I find it odd as well that the bank didn't notify them that their spending habits went from, you know, 2000 3000 whatever to 16000 in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know this family. Um, it sounds like they may be fairly wealthy because she just ca- casually was like, oh, $16,000. Let me call and find out what's going on. But what that says to me is, do they have the type of spending habits where in a short amount of time they would rack up this many charges to add up to $16,000 where the bank wouldn't flag it? So I have lots of questions about this. I personally don't feel too bad for her. It sucks that you are out of what ultimately is $6,000. But my thing is, are you just letting this child play this game incessantly? Right. To rack up 16? That's that's where I'm lost. It's like, did you just give this child this iPad? You let them log in as you. You let them buy it one time. This is not a one time. This is not a one sitting racking up of charges. Right. It it can't be. Right. If it is, how long was this child playing this game and you didn't check and see what they were doing? Right. And and so that's the point. Didn't check and see what they're doing. The boy is six. He's not 16. He's not 12. You would think at 16, you would give your kid a little bit of uh, autonomy as mm-hmm. to what they're doing. Right. But at a six year old. I mean, you're still supposed to be at that age, the hovering helicopter parent to where it's like, all right, what is he doing? What's going on? Right. With our, you know, we've got a a, a, a three-year-old and he has his own iPad, but all we loaded on there because he's three is videos. We don't have any sort of game. I mean, we do have a, a games that is on the device, but we've, I've got it set up to where if he or my 12 year old or my 10 year old tries to buy something. It's like, you got to ask permission and they literally have to click a button to ask permission. It hits my phone. It says, this kid wants to do this thing. Do you approve or not? Then I immediately go, what are you doing? What is this? What do you, and I got all these questions, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not, again, I'm not touting that to say, okay, well, I'm this big tech guy and I should know all about that's just when you set up the vice, that's and you, parenting. That exactly. A, that is parenting. You're supposed to know what your kid is doing. So it sounds like to me, she gave the kid the iPad, let him run off and do. Didn't Go have, play. didn't have any sort of restriction. So if she didn't have the restriction on what he couldn't couldn't buy, there, it's not a stretch to believe she don't have any sort of uh, uh, age restrictions. She don't have any sort of content. So he could be looking at. Any sort of anything, anybody could be communicating with him on that thing, you know, because these games have a social element, you know, to where they're talking to other people. They're playing with other people. It don't matter how old they are. So I'm pretty sure if she didn't have any sort of uh, purchase restrictions, she didn't have any sort of communication restrictions. She didn't have sort of any sort of content restrictions. So who knows what he could be doing? You're lucky 
He, you call him just right. You lucky. He just spent $16,000. He could have been talking to somebody. Somebody could have convinced him to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to have the same excuse? Well, well it's the, and this is her it's quote. predatory, right? These games are designed to be completely predatory against kids to buy things. What grown up would spend a hundred dollars on a chest of virtual gold coins? I'm like, they no, no, it's a grown up. They don't know who's on the other end of that and they don't care. Right, right. We've, there have been stories written and predators luring kids to do whatever, you know, using, using these apps. So you're not watching the kid at all. You're using this tablet as a babysitter, as a babysitter and didn't care what he got into until it already happened. But in this case, you're lucky it wasn't serious, but it's too late. You got some of your money back because Apple did not have to give you any money back because you, the child did make those purchases. He did have authority to make those purchases. So my thing is you need to, to, as again, I'm not a parent, so I don't know y'all's daily struggles, but even with my little puppy, my dog if he's too quiet for too long, I go looking uh-huh. to see what he's into. Right. Because if any, and I have nieces and nephews that I've babysat and watched for days at a time. Anytime them jokers get too quiet, you have to investigate uh-huh. and see what's going on because they could be into anything. So it seems to me that this child was just off on his own, uh-huh. doing his own thing, and no one was checking in on him. Uh-huh. She could have walked by and saw him playing the game. Oh, he's just playing the game. But in the society that we live in, if you have children that are on electronic devices, you need to be checking significantly to see what they're doing. And it's not this common sense. And it's not this app developer's job. It's not Apple's job. It's not your bank's job to 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 look to look to to slap your kid on the hand or put restrictions. It's your job as their parent. And mm-hmm. the fact that she's passing blame on the the game developer or looking to Apple for sympathy and a refund. Like you mentioned, they're lucky that they did that out of the grace of their, cause they didn't have to, because it's your job as a parent. And clearly she was like, why didn't y'all look out for the best interest of my child? I'm like, no, that is your responsibility. And the, fa- and the fact that you didn't do the homework, the fact that you didn't do the research, and this is not new. There have been stories over 10, 10, 10 years, at least kids racking up crazy credit card charges. So the fact that you, it's like you just were just dropped on earth as a parent a month ago. And to, to say, I didn't know these settings existed. I'm like, come on, you knew you're looking, you looking for sympathy. You're mad. You got caught and you're looking to pass blame. It's typical. And you want your money back. Right. Right. And you, you want to, you don't want to be embarrassed. The fact that you let your kid off and run up $16,000. So you look to pass blame, which again, victim. mm, Exactly. Exactly. Playing the victim. So ain't nobody hearing that. (laughs) All right. All right. Moving on. This is the last story of uh, second string. I want you to get your opinion on this because I'm I'm not sure about this one. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the official uh, presidential Twitter handle is unbeknownst to me. I thought it was something set up by the person. Of course, they got the the blue check because they are president of the United States. But I thought it was something that the um the president or the white house owned well in in actuality twitter actually owns the presidential you know Correct. twitter handles 
And it is just like the transition team from the incoming president, so on and so forth. There's an official passing of the torch from the presidential Twitter handle from each president. And it looks like, I don't know if this is something new or something that's always happened, but in this transition, the presidential followers, the people that's currently following the current presidential handle, which is run and managed by, you know, Trump's uh, team, the followers are going to be reset back to zero for this transition. So I'm curious to get your opinions on um, why they're doing this and, you know, well, who's this benefit? Is this benefit of Trump or is this beneficial of Biden due to all the stuff surrounding the presidential tweets over the past four years? Is, did this happen? I'm thinking this happened as a result of all of the tweeting uh, President Trump did. And as a result, they've implemented implemented this new thing. Or is it something that's always happened? So it's something that's always happened. So okay. Twitter owns these accounts. Okay. And so what happens is when the new administration comes in, everything is transitioned over to them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like um, how previously when uh, Trump was elected, you know, the first uh, President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama, they invited them in. So it's like the whole we're so happy family. It's a it's a tra- it's a smooth transition of power. Um, where they come and walk them around the White House, give them the lay of the land. So this isn't new. Typically, when um, Obama left office, all of President Obama's followers moved. They weren't President Obama's followers anymore. They are the POTUS account followers. Mm -hmm. They are the FOTUS account followers. So I had to go in and unfollow the POTUS account when the new administration came in. So when Biden comes in, I'll go back in and follow again. So what happens is once January 20th, 1159 a.m. happens, President Trump's account will be known as POTUS 45, Mm -hmm. POTUS 45, VP 45. Mm -hmm. And those are archived for for the Smithsonian for history. So if you go to Twitter and look up at POTUS 44, you'll see all of President Obama's tweets. If you go to Flotus 44, you'll see all of Michelle Obama's tweets that came under that account and so forth for all of the other official um, White House accounts. So it's specifically for it's not for like uh, like, say, uh, Mitch McConnell, because his he has his own. He has leader McConnell on his. But these are for the accounts that are strictly at POTUS, at FLOTUS, at VP, those specific type of titles that go along with the White House, at White House. So typically everything from the previous administration, it's all moved over to the handle with the addition of the um, the administration numbers. Right. So 44, 45, it'll be 46 when uh, Biden rolls out and whoever comes in. So those, the old tweets are archived and you can still see them. In this case, because Trump hasn't been willing or open with this transition plan, and you know Trump, he doesn't want anybody to take credit for his follower count, so it's going with the whole you know ego thing. They'll wipe out all of the total followers, and he'll start from zero. And that's typically not how it happens. It usually 
the Twitter account followed. So, so this, so, um, this new thing where the zeros are, uh, or start from zero, this is in response to the, um, the lack of transition as a yes, result of, my, okay. From my understanding it's the lack of transition. Um, and I think again, like I mentioned, because of the ego of the outgoing president, he thinks, you know, he owns this account. It's his, it's, you know, all of this goes with him, mm-hmm. not recognizing that it's a, a standard account that is only owned by the person who's using it at the at the current time. Okay. He'll retain all of his real Donald Trump followers right. because that's his personal account. And that's, that's what he's been he... tweeting all the stuff, the stuff from. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and probably once Biden transitions out, it'll go back to normal. After all of this whole Trump Pence administration stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's an anomaly. And I think once they're finally gone, you know, things will get back to the way they're supposed to work. Gotcha. So All right. So yeah. so, so do you think so let me well well then I guess let me ask the next question then. Um you kinda alluded to it that things will go back to normal. Do you think this is a positive for the incoming administration or do you look at it or could you look at it as by the followers remaining on the account it's a opportunity for people who would otherwise not listen to or not actively seek out guidance from the incoming president because whatever reason before Keeping those followers would be an opportunity for Biden or the incoming, yeah, the Biden. We're, we'll just call it what right. it is. Yeah. Biden to actually reach out to some of those people and I don't know, start dialogue, or is it just too split up to where, you know, this is probably just better off just to cut ties. I think honestly, for the outgoing administration that we have to the incoming one that we have, I think it's better to wipe it out. Just get a clean slate. Because like I said, for me, when Donald Trump came in, I immediately, when it switched over, I immediately went and unfollowed the mm-hmm. POTUS account. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all likelihood, when even if the follow accounts stay the same and uh, the Biden-Harris administration took over the accounts, those most of those people would unfollow immediately once mm-hmm. they start talking sense because they don't understand sense. So <laughs> I think that they would, I think that they would unfollow anyway. Um, and for those people who care, I think they'll go back and follow it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So I don't, I think it's a good thing for Biden because it's going to, honestly, I think it's going to get rid of a lot of trolls mm-hmm. because as much as we can, you know, say, well, you know, he can reach out to certain people at the same time. It can, help with some of the headache that they're already going to face from Trump followers, go ahead and get rid of them all. And if they want to come back and troll, they're going to have to make the conscious decision to log into Twitter and go and follow that account. Okay. All right. All right. So, yep. So that's, what's going on. It's crazy. Twitter has to actually put that out there, but it is what it is. (laughs) I don't think anybody's surprised. All right. All right. So that is it for second string. All right. Let's move into for the culture where we talk 
just anything we're going to talk about socially. So uh, one of the things that probably excited uh, both of us is the well, I'm pretty sure we've been excited for a long time uh, that the the rumors of the coming to America part two was in the making and in production and, filmed you know, here in and, and filmed here in Atlanta and rumors going around. But now fast forward to uh, this week, they have finally um, announced a, or actually released a trailer for the coming to America um, two movie that uh, actually transitioned and now is going to be released on Amazon prime in March. I think before it was going to be released in theaters, the movies, yeah. but of course, because of the whole pandemic or maybe because they didn't believe in the project. Uh, I mean, I want to say it's the pandemic. I'm going to use the pandemic as an excuse as to why it moved over to Amazon prime. But uh, nevertheless, I think people are hype uh, specifically as it relates to this uh, trailer that just came out. And what I'm going to try to do, <laughs> heaven help, <laughs> heaven help me. <laughs> I'm going to try to play the uh, video for those who are watching live or who will be watching the actual uh, show. Uh, but for those who are actually listening, uh, you're just going to have to paint the picture. So give me a second and I'm going to try and play the trailer. So uh, hopefully you, you heard or saw that. If not, you're just gonna have to pretend or this will be a good time in this show where you pause it and go find the trailer, but I'm hopefully it showed. Oh, it did. At, yeah. I'm looking at it on the live. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, again, uh, we're probably going to get destroyed with copyright. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to deal with that we a little bit. We don't have no money for this. Oh, right. <laughs> we just went ahead and did it. So uh, we'll probably have to take the video down. Who knows? But I just wanted to do it because I'm that hype about the Coming to America 2 trailer uh, or the movie as a whole. And the trailer did nothing but um, hype that up even more. Uh, I will admit I'm the type of person that I'm not very nostalgic. So I don't need part twos and part threes and part fours, you know, the coming to America that I grew up with, that I saw the, the memes and that the, the quotes, you know, that I've used since then, you know, was enough, you know, some of the part twos of some of my favorite stuff that has come out has been a little less than, you know, so I was a little concerned even almost to go as a point to say, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be checking for this when it comes out, but when the pictures, they, they released some pictures earlier this week mm -hmm. and they released a trailer, you know, it, 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 it gives you that, you up. It, not, only, not only that, it gives you the feel that not 20, 30 years didn't pass since part one and part two, you know, the, you know, they've got the same people, you know, of course, you know, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, you know, they've aged, right. But the, the way the trailer looks is it gives you the feel that maybe, maybe, you know, five or 10 years, you know, has passed between the first one and the second one, you know, and they've introduced new characters, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and it, it, it looks good. It doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look straight to DVD. You know, it doesn't look, it looks like what we would expect coming to America part two to look, you know, with the, from the characters, you know, from some of the content, of course, you know, there was some cuss words in there. So again, I may have to do some work on this video after the fact, <laughs> but the, the same feel that I got watching the first one was evident in the second one. So I guess I'm going to get your opinions on what you thought as well. 
When I first heard about a part two, I was not happy because Coming to America is a classic. Right. It's quotable. If it comes on TV right now, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to watch it. Right. Those two hours are blocked off for Coming to America. Right. So um, when I started seeing some of the um, photos that um, Eddie Murphy was posting, Arsenio and Wesley were posting when they were filming here, I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know. But then when I saw the 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 four stills that they sent, I was like, oh my God. Right. They all look so good. And when I saw the list, literally everybody who was in the original movie mm-hmm. is back with the exception of um, the queen because in real life, the, the actor, I think her name was Mad Sinclair, has passed. Oh, okay. So I'm sure they'll probably make some sort of homage to her in there as well, but she's no longer there. But literally, you saw Randy Watson. Mm-hmm. You saw the pastor. You saw the barbershop crew. You saw the barbershop crew. Right. You saw Oha. Mm-hmm. You saw Garcelle Bouvier and uh-huh. the Rose Bears. Uh-huh. Um, you saw Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think um, John Amos is in this as well. Right. Um, Vanessa Bell Calloway, who played Imani, is in it as oh, well. Oh, she is? Okay. She is. Okay. Yes. So, the whole cast of the original movie, the main characters that we all, you know, know and love are back. Um, and so after the trailer, I'm, I'm so hyped. I'm so ready for it. All the actors look really, really good. Mm-hmm. This is a prime example of black not cracking. Right. Because they all look really, really great. So I'm just really interested to see how this long lost son plays into this. I I haven't been able to connect the dots right. because I was talking, we were having this whole conversation on the group chat because I was like, so when he left Queens and went back to Zamunda, he married Lisa. So how long of a time in between when he first got to America to him finding going Lisa home again, getting yeah, to finding Lisa, mm-hmm. did he find somebody and hook up with them? Right. Look, I don't know. It's 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 not hard to believe that as soon as he got off the plane, <laughs> I guess it's not a <laughs> Right, right. You know, uh, before they figured out, you know, the the. the you know, what they were looking for the first time. It's not hard to believe, you know, they don't give an actual timeline. We think it's like a week or so, but it could have been a month. It could have been three months between, you know, him getting off the plane in the first movie and him finding Lisa, you know, the ending. Right. So it's not hard to believe that he had, he, there could potentially him have a son. Personally, I think it's not going to be the case. You know, he's going to go on this goose chase to find his son. That's going to give us all the, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. memories and all the shenanigans. Right. But come to find out the kid won't be his. Of course, I'm not plot leaking. This is just me rumor me speculating rather. Um, the kid doesn't end up to be his, he, you know, and then they figure out a way to make his daughter whom I am assuming in the trailer looks like he has a child for real. Right. And they figure out a way to make her the heir, right? Because in the beginning, James Earl Jones says, you know, a male, they specifically said a male heir is the the next in line to be, you know, the king or whatever. So you have to go find your long lost son, so on and so forth. In the end, doesn't work out. They figure out a way to make her the heir, 
you know. And that makes sense, and it follows along with the previous one because before the 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 prince couldn't marry someone who wasn't from Zamunda, right? And so now, and when they were in the car on the way home, I thought you were the king. You know, is what the queen is saying to the king as we right. to Lisa. Right. So it could be a whole hunt. Uh, Lisa now the queen like I thought you were the king. You can do anything you want. Right. So I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But what I'm most interested to see is the interactions between Imani and Lisa mm-hmm. because Imani from when she was a baby was raised to marry Akeem and become the queen. But here come this American girl right, right. over here completely wiping out her whole life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm expecting some 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 cattiness and some pettiness that I, I am very interested to see. So overall to say I'm I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward for uh Easter eggs. I'm looking forward to, you know, them pulling peak characters deep. Of course, uh one of the guys that won't be able to get there, like you mentioned, um the queen uh, at the time she's passed. Uh, uh, um, what is his name? Anderson. Um, Louis Anderson, Anderson oh, passed. He was on the fries. Yeah, he was on the fries. But I'm hoping them. I'm hoping them to dig deep. Like uh, I want them to bring Samuel Jackson back. You know, he's the one that robbed oh. McDowell's. I'm looking for him. Patrice, to br- the sister. I'm looking for Patrice, and then oh boy, with the uh, the the. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. What is his name uh, in real life? Uh, I see. Eric yes, life. Eric LaSalle. I want to see him back. You know, I want to see them dig deep. You know, yeah. the even like so deep as the dude that when they were at the the basketball game and he went in the bathroom and he came out and the dude recognized who he was. I believe it. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to dig. I want them to bring everybody back, you know, so we can just sit there and have a good time, but have a good time. Right. So another thing, you know, in the eight, then this is before coming to America came out before social media, before Twitter, before watch parties, before live tweeting. So, you know, we saw the success and the popularity of black Panther. When that mm-hmm. came out, you know, the outfits, you know, all the hype, you know, I'm Black interested family. to see, yeah. right. I'm interested to see how that plays out specifically now that we're not going to the movies and watching it. You know, I'm curious to see if people are going to come up with watch parties and zoom calls. I'm, I'm interested to see all the stuff kind of surrounding the movie as well, how we, you know, partake of the actual movie. So does Amazon Prime have, I know that Netflix has it, um, and Hulu now has the their version of the watch party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Amazon Prime has a collaborative watch thing on the app. I don't think, I don't, I don't I think don't, so. I don't remember seeing anything, but I'm pretty sure that's in the works. I'm pretty sure that's in the works. And if not, it's in the works. I'm pretty sure the way we <laughs> watch things, we some- will- find a way. We'll find a way, but I think we will impart the strongly impart a suggestion that they come up with something because it's going to be something unlikes, you know, something, you know, to the level of, you know, even worse, you know, worse being a good thing than Black Panther Black because Panther. Black Panther, not everybody really knew about Black Panther. We knew everybody's into superheroes or comics and but right. as a black person. Right. If you don't know coming to America, <laughs> We're taking that car back. Right. (laughs) So it's safe to say way more people are familiar with coming to America, which will make for a totally 
different experience than Black Panther. So <laughs> I'm so excited. Right. And it comes out the week of my birthday. So it's like a little birthday present to me. All right. So yay. <laughs> all right. All right. So we'll definitely be interested to get y'all's thoughts on that. Definitely let us know. Uh with that. Um, I'm probably gonna I think we're gonna end the show. I had a hookup but carried over from last week, but I'm gonna save it <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> so no hookup for this week. You know, definitely wanna thank everybody from uh for watching or listening to the show. You know, if you're watching again, like I mentioned before, if you're watching or listening to this during Christmas, we wanna thank you for tuning in. You know, you. this is I guess this will be our Christmas episode. So we wanna definitely say uh Merry Christmas, happy holidays, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. all that good stuff. Happy New Year. Solstice. So right, right. Winter winter solstice. <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> all that. So we definitely wanna say thank you. Definitely thank you for tuning in for all of these years now. You know, um we look forward to a whole new year, you know, maybe uh new beginnings, you know, from everything from the Hopefully the vaccine brings good news. Hopefully this transition uh, from presidents brings good news. You know, we hope all new things in 2021. So we definitely want to leave you all with that. And without, like I said, without further ado, we want to thank you. Um, Definitely download, rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts and we're on Spotify. Definitely engage with us on Twitter. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're at the handle at SnobOS cast uh, definitely watch us on youtube we're at snob OS cast on there as well be sure to like subscribe do all the google youtube things uh if you want to leave a comment on the website you can we're at snoboscast.com or if you want to shoot us an email you can do so at snoboscast at gmail.com again we want to thank all of our patreon supporters without you we couldn't do all of this if you want to be a supporter definitely go to snoboscast.com oh excuse me patreon.com forward slash snoboscast and show us some love a little as five dollars you can definitely get access to the pre-show get access to our live show taping to watch it before everybody else and get access to our exclusive member group other than that that is it definitely like i said happy holidays and we'll see you in 2021 peace be safe love on your family and your friends (laughs) peace bye